Hey everyone, welcome to episode 100 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. Only the Randy is here today and one, two, three, four other people. We are sharing microphones in the studio today and we are happy to introduce you to some new guests that you've never heard before. If you tuned into the service this week, you already know the surprise, but don't spoil it if someone is sitting next to you. I'm both happy and sad this week because I have loved love, and now loving love will be loving the past and not the present, which will now be without love. And I don't love that. But before that reality becomes truth, we will keep love alive for one more episode. Conversely, this will have some of you literally longing to hear no more of love for the foreseeable future, and that's okay. We loved for a season. This week, we continued in our quest to become individuals and a church community more perfect in our practice of the greatest of these. And we did so under the leadership of our high school team leaders, Robert Henley, Garen Miller, and Gabby Parente. Did I pronounce all those correct? Yes, sir. No. Myler. Myler? Myler, yeah. L. Is it L? Myler? Okay, well, there we go. That's the first one of the day. (laughs) It may happen again. So first of all, congratulations on... Three really unique messages that I thought really reflected each of you really, really well. And I've been asked to preach a few times, and it will say that even as much as I like to talk, it's really not my comfort zone. And so you guys all did really well. You came across with confidence, and you had a message to share, and it came across that way. So congratulations to each of you. You did fantastic. Thank you. So we, as normal, we will not go back to last week. Just know that if you would like to tune in and catch any part in this series, because honestly, All four are worth repeating and watching and saving and sharing with your friends. You can do that the most easily at the Hospital Church mobile app. You can find that at hospitalchurch.org slash F-H-C-A-P-P. This week, loving people equals serving people. And my first thought was, duh, that seems obvious. So tell me what you initially thought and did you go in the same place with your message that you thought you would, well, Robert. Actually, so we heard we were doing a sermon on love. So we were like, okay. So we started working on it. And then, at least for me, I found out that it was like love through service. So I kind of had to like... Had to redo to it. it? Yeah. Okay. Not completely, but... Cool. Gabby? When I heard that it was loving people equals serving people, it kind of... The same thing happened. It was kind of just like, well, duh. But (laughs) when I heard the serving people, the first thing that comes to mind, I think, for myself is just volunteering. And I think it went in the same general direction as what my, like, sermon ended up being. But it was just a very expanded and elaborate version of my first thoughts. Excellent. Yeah, I I think that definitely when I first heard it, of course, duh, you know, serving others, helping other people around you, that's, you know, that's love. But for me, kind of the direction that I was – that I wanted to explore was, you know, you love other people. You also love God. How does service work, you know, kind of work into that relationship with God in that other, you know, kind of love that you have in that regard? So that was kind of the direction that I wanted to go. Not just loving other people because, you know, that's that seems obvious, right? You know, sure. serving people, helping people, that's love. But how does that uh, translate into your relationship with God in, in specifically? Yeah, kind of like last week we talked about, you know, even the even the tax collectors do that. Mm-hmm. That's nothing special, right? We have to do this out of the out of the love we have for God. But I, I really liked the paragraph, this kind of the synopsis of the message. And it said the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all nations and Jesus' declaration that when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be my witnesses. 
have often felt like a call to share information. And <laughs> I try to read that statement without <laughs> without kind of laughing a little bit, at least from the way I was raised. And I know that I'm probably twice as old as everyone in this room nearly. Maybe, maybe not Molly, but everyone else for sure. <laughs> I really liked the way that we're being called to love outside the lovable category Mm -hmm. and this promise of spirit-filled witness. It's about loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. And if if love is a readiness to serve, then we fulfill our mission as we implement our vision to serve the people of our community. Molly, when you were working with them on kind of how this was all going to come together, what does it look like for us as Christians in this readiness to serve and fulfilling our mission rather than just what we've always thought of, that information dump or that just like, oh, you don't know Jesus? Well, blah, let me yeah. tell you about it instead of let me show you. Well, a lot of it is just they had all the awesome ideas and it came everything that I would have said, like, hey, it's having a relationship with Jesus and that comes naturally like that came from them, really. We just we sat down at Starbucks and really just asked them their ideas, and they were the ones who started talking about them. And really, they were the ones who came up with that idea. And it's the showing, not telling. The the only thing that I did say is that I had a professor in college, a writing professor, and he had always told us, make sure that you show, don't tell. So even when you're near speaking and you're writing that you show by maybe telling a personal story or showing or something like that with your sermon or your speaking. But for them, it uh, they, they already had those examples or those stories of how other people had like shown that to them or how shown love to them. Does that sure. make sense? Well, and if you haven't watched the message yet, I would encourage you to do so. Really don't miss it. I know it, I say that every week, but I really mean it this week. No, I mean mm-hmm. it every week. Mm-hmm. But seriously, the stories that you told are appealing. Mm-hmm. They're appealing to someone who is searching. And I think that's what it's about when we're trying to not just tell but do is to have a story that's appealing, that makes Jesus appealing, not so much that makes us appealing, but it, that what he's done for us. And I think each one of your stories had a little bit of fun and really pointed it back at Jesus about the experiences that you guys all went through. Robert, in your message, you said there are three key signs of love, sacrifice, honesty, and joy. And these were great descriptors of Jesus' love for us and seemingly not negotiable as tenets of love. Your story of fishing was on struggle, adapting, and patience, and how to not get hit in the head with your pole. Um, How can we show that loving others or even Jesus for that matter doesn't always follow a path or a plan we've laid out? How do we stay on course when that course is all of a sudden completely new to us? Well, at least when I think about loving other people, I think it's just really important to be just there for them. I don't know. Like it's kind of like hard to explain this because I feel like everyone knows, you know, you don't want to be someone who's like, they are afraid to be around or like afraid to be themselves around. Sure. I try to always be like accepting to people like, Hey, like, you know, you're different than everyone else, but that's okay. Like no one's normal. And then also just willing to serve. Like in our sermons, we were talking about if you're willing to be there for people, you know, like I'm not saying like always, you know, put yourself like out of the way for a person, but if there's something that you can do and you have the time to do, I think it's very important to do it. So 
So finding those opportunities and making sure you're making the best of them. Yeah. That's awesome because I think that kind of our first response can be, man, this is way too hard. Mm-hmm. And you don't understand me and you think I'm weird because I'm like some Jesus crazy person or I'm a Jesus lover. And so I'm a, uh, now I'm immediately I'm a Christian. And then so I must be all of these other things that you think a Christian can be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you have to do? How do you have to be accessible for someone to just be able to see past that and then realize, oh, well, you really are a Jesus follower because I can see it in you. I think just the most important thing is just being the best example you can be. My best experiences on ministering to people and, sh- and showing them Jesus is make it to the point where I'm so like different from everyone else that they see it. They're like, Hey, you're different. And they ask like, why are you like this way? Why are you always smiling? Why are you always having fun? Like, why do you always like make people's days better? And then you can explain it's because I'm a Christian, you know, but doesn't that make you feel awkward? Because that's the part people don't like. Well, gosh, what if they ask me questions? Oh. Then what am I going to do? They're going to know I'm a Christian. <laughs> at, like at first, if you think about it this way, the reason why you don't want them to know that is because they've had all these bad experiences with like some of the Adventists or Christians. Like, oh, they're going to judge me or they're going to shove Jesus sure. down my throat. But if they're asking you the question in a, like a positive way, that's that one positive experience. So they're going to be thinking like about all the positive experiences with you. Like, this person is so amazing. Why is he amazing? They're not going to be thinking about, like, oh, this person is so amazing, but he told me a Christian, so now I think he's terrible. Awesome. I like that. That's an excellent answer because I think oftentimes it's not your generation. It's not my parents' generation. It's not my generation. I think we all feel sometimes a little awkward in conversations because, you know, politics, religion, all these things can be pretty taboo for a lot of people, and they can definitely make things explode. And again, you said when you truly love Jesus, you'll become intertwined with him in the same way, speaking of the story of the eunuch and Philip. I had it. (laughs) But when your feelings are in tune with Jesus, you'll be able to see who needs you the most. Service comes with a loving relationship with Jesus. And you told the story about Will Green and, and along with the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. And what about those stories and what about Will left the greatest impression on you when it comes to listening to God's voice and then acting on what he says? Because essentially that's what you're saying is mm. if Will hadn't listened, if Philip hadn't listened, then those encounters that you guys had would have never happened. What in your eyes is the best way for us to kind of get through all that and to be able to listen to God and discern what he's telling us? Remember how I was saying earlier like you want love to – you, you want your relationship with Jesus to be about service as well, you know? And so uh, this was kind of the way that I was thinking. The only way that Philip could have known at all that the Ethiopian needed help was to be in tune with, with God's voice. And so the idea of Philip asking this man if he needed help sure. was probably like the same thing if like like you're getting off of the I-4 off-ramp and like the homeless person with the sign like comes over to your car and is like, hey, do you need help? You know, sure. it's such a strange situation when you really think about it. This idea of like of, of him going over there unprompted and asking this, this you know, this well off official if, if he's the one that needs help. And okay, so, but, but now you're back in this uncomfortable territory again because I know people that will say, I see the homeless guy there, but there is no way I'm rolling down my window. It may be logical. I've, there's reasons why maybe you don't open your window to strangers and, yeah. and, and things of that nature. But there's so much that is vying for our attention. How do mm. How are we present? in everything that goes on in today's world to be present, to hear that calling into when we mm-hmm. hear the Holy Spirit tell us this guy needs help. So mm-hmm. is it just being confident in our relationship? Is it prayer? Is it a combination? What do you think? Yeah, I think that's definitely a, a large part of it is the confidence in the relationship as well. 
and not just like it's one thing to hear it, but it's also another thing to act on it. In the story of Philip in the, in the Ethiopian, I'm just going to keep going back to this, but uh, sure. it says um, the Holy Spirit told Philip, go by the carriage and stand near it. It didn't actually tell him what to do. It just told him to go near the carriage. Nice. You know, and I think that that's where the confidence comes in. You're over there by the carriage. Now you got to be like, all right, how can I help him? You know, you've heard the voice of God. Now it's on you. You know, now I'm here by this carriage. What am I supposed to what do? What am I supposed to do? He's reading Isaiah. Like, oh, I know Isaiah. You know, like, let me let me help this man understand it. I like that idea of the confidence. You know, you have to, you have to be confident enough in your relationship with Jesus. And you have to be just willing to put yourself out there and help people, even if you don't know them. Because you're going to need to have some faith that once you get there, if you don't have a plan— and yeah. he hasn't told – like here, he hasn't told him what to do. Just go stand by the carriage. Absolutely. And my first response is, thanks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Now what am I – so I'm just going to walk over to that really uncomfortable and be like, what model? <laughs> you know? Yeah. What, did you get this used or just buy it new? I mean, yeah. what am I, what am I yeah. supposed to say? Because yeah. I think, again, that's the thing that keeps us back mm-hmm. is when we don't want to be the person that just is like – standing out in a crowd going, what am I really doing right. here? But, yeah. I, but I absolutely like that. If we're just willing to take that step, yeah, go ahead. I'd like to think about one thing is he had to wait in long enough to realize, hey, he's reading the Bible. So I feel like God will put you places and it's just like ahead of time, you know, you got to wait, you know, wait and see what happens. Pay attention to the environment and wait till like you see something like, oh, I can help here. That's hard in an instant gratification world. But I think what you guys have proven in these messages and in these stories that these things are all possible. Mm-hmm. And we all know that through Christ, everything is possible. Gabby, do you have a comment on yeah, that? Yeah, I just wanted to say that that is probably one of the most common, like one of the commonalities between all of our messages. We're all very personal in our messages and they're all very different. But I think the one thing that was very common and cohesive was the fact that we all mentioned that the opportunity isn't always going to present itself. You're going to have to put yourself in the situation. And for that to be easier, it comes with that loving relationship with God. So, uh, my, 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 Sorry, my, my hands are getting sweaty over here. That's okay. <laughs> keep, keep going, though. Keep going. So I think that that's one of the commonalities in everything that we said. Just if you're going to need that confidence, it comes with having confidence with Jesus and with God. And it's going to come all together and it's going to piece together as long as you have the, you know, confidence to work on it, you know. And after the first time God comes through, that's going to hopefully make it easier. I hope so. For the next time, right? Did you have something to add? Well, I was just going to say like, because you kept on talking about being comfortable, you know, what if being comfortable isn't good? Mm. Oh, man. You guys are ruining everything, okay? Now I can't be comfortable. I'm going to get uncomfortable, and I'm going to do things that make me feel, make my hands crazy and mm-hmm. make me look weird. But I like it. Yeah. I like For it. sure. Yeah. Gabby, you said when you have the Holy Spirit within you, the attraction to love and to serve others should be first nature and instinctive versus second nature, which is something that's taught, practiced. Mm-hmm. Many of us were raised not to think any further than what we were taught and what we practiced. So there's a trigger reaction to immediately do the information dump, just talk until the other person Mm -hmm. has just already tuned you out before you started. (laughs) Right. So how do you find your connection with the Holy Spirit that helps attract these situations to you and make these situations attractive to you so that you're able to serve and love people Mm -hmm. like the man that you described in the Starbucks encounter? Oof. Okay. (laughs) So – 
I believe, like I said in my sermon, when you're willing to grow spiritually and when you accept the Holy Spirit into your life, all of this is going to come to you. I think that if God speaks through people, I think that's one of his ways to show his love in the world. And so I think the attraction comes naturally because you just have that light within you. You know, if you're loving others, I feel like others are going to come to you and they have that vulnerability about them that is they're just going to feel comfortable to come talk to you or come receive the love that you're willing to put out to the world. Okay. I like that because essentially sometimes I feel like, you know what? I don't want to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm an extrovert. I love to talk to people. So this mm-hmm. is obviously not really true, but <laughs> you know, for some people they're like, I could never, ever, the story you told mm-hmm. about this person listening to you guys at mm-hmm. Starbucks. I know people that would just put their head down and walk. I don't want to do Absolutely. this, right? And I mean, we have these stories in the Bible. There's, <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. Moses standing by the burning bush going like, whoa, you mm-hmm. got the wrong guy. I, I, I can't talk. I can't mm-hmm. do this. How does someone, I mean, like to give something to someone that might be listening that would just say, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. But how do I know when the Holy Spirit, how do I surrender what you're talking about to the Holy Spirit to allow that entrance into me? And for me to want this, what if this is not my mm-hmm. de facto? This is not my mm-hmm. desire. This is not my, oh, well, I'm just going to go talk to someone mm-hmm. today. Because there's a lot of us that will do that and it makes even people around us mm-hmm. uncomfortable. It makes oh. my wife uncomfortable sometimes because I'll strike up conversations with strangers mm-hmm. like for no reason. <laughs> so does it require all of us to be that way? Or what What do we have to do to just be that person? Okay, so – you ever feel like you need to do something and it just the thought won't leave your head and you're not going to get comfortable until you go and do it? You, you ever feel yeah, that way sometimes? Yeah. I think that you'll get that feeling. I don't know if this is for everyone, but I think that once you accept it, it's very psychological. I think it'll just become easier. It just like, becomes easier. I don't know how to how to word this. Guys, any help? How do you let the Holy Spirit into you and how do you know when that's happening? I love what you just said because mm-hmm. I think you're exactly 100% correct in mm-hmm. that when you get that feeling that's mm-hmm. not going to go away, I've come to realize in my own life that that's usually the Holy Spirit telling mm-hmm. me, hello, you keep praying for things, but you don't listen to mm-hmm. me. How come you're not answering? What do you think? I think at least for me, when at least when I hear like the whole the Holy Spirit telling me something, it sounds like the better half of me saying, Robert, don't do this, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, <laughs> like, like, it's that like small voice in your head, the little angel on your shoulder. And I've like later on learned that that's, at least to me, that's what I think the Holy Spirit is. Especially like if you're scared to do something, I feel like God, this is the same God who was with David when he defeated Goliath. I know it sounds so far-fetched from like today, but if God is telling you to do something, it's because he knows you can do it. So at least have confidence, you know. I know what you're saying. It does sound a little far-fetched sometimes, especially to someone who might not know the mm-hmm. Bible as well as we probably do or someone who's been a Christian for a while. But I like it because so many of the good stories are the ones that are just wild and crazy. And mm-hmm. if someone heard that story and you hear about a king who's living in a cage – a cage, living in a cage <laughs> – <laughs> Living in a cave and, the, you know, everything that David went through. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's no better soap opera or movie script no. written than David's life. I think we undersell sometimes the story that we have mm-hmm. to tell and how interesting it can really be. Right. I and, think. Oh. oh, sorry. You know, sometimes <laughs> I, 
like failure is not a bad thing you know you can learn a lot from failing and not only can you learn from failures but so can the people around you yeah so then it never really hurts to do something and fail because I know, like, I don't remember what my friends have failed in, you know, like, sure. after that moment. It's we over. forget. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. not as big as we think it's going to be. Uh, I know we like personal stories here uh, we've, we've, <laughs> as we've been over. Uh, I think that, like, a lot of times when, when you hear that voice of God, that initial voice, it's, it's a matter of now taking that next step and then you're going to get the next voice mm-hmm. of God, like a little treasure hunt, you know? Like, like, you get one clue and you figure that one out and they give you, the ne- like, an mm-hmm. escape room, you know, and then you get sure. there. <laughs> I like nice. that. Right. I can even tell you a, a crazy story. My parents saw one time, we were all sitting at home, and they said, hey, we're going to go to Rita's to get some uh, to get some ice cream. And I had homework to do, and I said, no, I'm going to stay home and do my homework. And so they, they left to go to Rita's. Uh, so this is all a secondhand story that I'm telling you. I, I heard this from them. So they went to Rita's, and they were eating outside of the restaurant, of the little place there. And, and a homeless man, his name was Randy, actually. All right. Uh, yeah. Randy. Yeah. Randy. Randy. Yeah. Randy. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't me. Yeah. Yeah. Or was it? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I wasn't there, so it, it could have been. Uh, he walked up, and he, and he asked them for directions to, I think it was like a bus stop. And they said, well, you know, where are you going? And he said, I'm going to this homeless shelter. And they took him to the shelter. They, they decided to put him in the car. They gave him the ice cream they'd bought for me. Oh. <laughs> a moment of silence for the, ice cream. Yeah, yeah. the ice cream not eaten yeah. um, and then that homeless shelter was closed and I think they ended up driving like all the way downtown to find one that wow. was that was open it was a quest my point is I think that <laughs> I, love, I, I love detours yes, I do yeah 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 uh, but my point is is, um, is when you hear the, the voice of God asking you to do something oftentimes the best way to get further instruction is just to start going mm-hmm. just yeah. to mm-hmm. just to take that next step and then see where it goes you've been listening to pastor andy because uh-huh. he often says on this podcast that god can't always get a ship out of port but at least if you put yourself out into the water mm-hmm. he can help steer you once you're moving so i absolutely resonate with that and we are way over our allotted time, which was expected. So thank you all for sticking with us. And as we wrap everything up, usually we have a FHC takeaway. But this week we did not. Mm-hmm. So is there one thing that we could all agree on that if we were going to tell somebody after this round of messages, this series, and then all three of your messages, mm-hmm. what would be one thing you would just tell someone to take away from this, from your experience or from mm-hmm. this topic that could help them this week and then moving forward in their lives, just about love and how to engage with the Holy Spirit and with whatever God has for us. I think that the one thing that people could take away from all of our messages coming together would be that loving isn't always going to be comfortable and it's not always going to be presented to you. But if you want to be able to love people without the opportunity presented itself, you need to create create your own. You got to be open to growing spiritually and having a relationship with God, I think. I love that. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. Anyone else? One thing that I definitely have seen like through all of them, what, when they're speaking that what you had said, like, man, maybe I'm not that type of person to go and speak to somebody or to just go over to that little chariot and talk about Isaiah with the eunuch. But with all their messages and what they're saying, the one thing that I took away is that, it's not you. It's it's the Holy Spirit in you, and He's the one who changes your heartbeat, mm-hmm. and so it begins to be in the same pattern as Jesus Christ, and really He's the one who's loving them, and you just 
become more and more like him. And who knows that the new adventure could be really exciting. Oh yeah. You might actually find that you like it, come up with a new hobby, something <laughs> new to do, a new, a new ministry, mm-hmm. right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, at least what I've taken away from this and I want other people to take away is to try and show love in everything you do, no matter how small or how big, because you, you don't know how much your actions can affect someone else's mm-hmm. life. Exactly. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, the biggest thing for me was um, just to – obviously, it's it's easy for us to love the people that are already in our lives. But to be this active lover and to go out and love people uh, in situations where it's uncalled for, uh, I think that's what's most important. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Well, our final thoughts came from a synopsis that said, if we hear God's call to love those outside our lovable category, this whole great commission and promise of spirit-filled witnesses is really about loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. Mm-hmm. If love is readiness to serve, then we fulfill our mission as we implement our vision to serve the people of our community. And I think that is part of the Florida Hospital Church. That's what we're really all about. Mm-hmm. And just on a personal note, I would encourage you guys to not stop sharing and don't stop engaging people mm-hmm. because each of your stories were really impactful and they really carried a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. And I think the Holy Spirit was with each of you as you presented. So you each have obvious special gifts that you can share and just to continue on, because I was super blessed by each of your messages and as a whole mm-hmm. in this series. So if you are listening and you have not either watched or listened to the or any of these messages or listen to the accompanying podcast, you can find those all on our website, hospitalchurch.org. That is going to do it for this week. Thank you guys all for coming Thank aboard you. and joining us. So do join us next Wednesday for episode 101. We are closing in on the two-year anniversary. Maybe wow. we're going to do something a little special. We're working on a few surprises. So thank you for listening and have a great week. Yes. Woo-hoo.